Hey there, welcome to Beyond the Bikini podcast, where you can enhance your body and your mind. My name is Nicole Ferrier, exercise science grad, certified personal trainer, bikini competitor, and coach. On this podcast, you will learn more about my experience in the fitness industry, competing in bikini competitions, mental health, and how to gain more success in your own life in your fitness journey. So sit back, relax, or power through this cardio session and enjoy. Hey guys, welcome back to another episode of Beyond the Bikini Radio. And in this episode, it is going to be a repost from Page of Swords podcast. She interviewed me on her podcast. I got to be the first ever NPC bikini competitor, sharing my experience not only as a competitor, but as a coach as well, competing. I'm super excited for you guys to listen to today's podcast, but I will say it is through Zoom, so some of the sound quality um, isn't the best due to Hope, my dog, wanting to bark halfway through, and then we are also having a little bit of Wi-Fi issues, but be patient throughout the podcast because this one is going to be a golden one, especially if you guys are interested in competing. You're going to learn more about my competing history, my thoughts on how the sports evolved alongside on steps that you you should take when hiring your first ever coach. So make sure that you guys check out Paige's podcast down below in the description. And guys, if you're loving Beyond the Bikini Radio, don't forget to share this podcast on your social media and tag me at Nicole Ferry Fitness. And then you can also tag Paige and you can find her Instagram linked down below. So guys, tune in and enjoy. Hi, everyone. Welcome back to Page of Swords podcast. This is episode seven with Nicole Ferrier, my NPC bikini competitor. She's my first bikini guest, so I'm super excited. She's a wealth of knowledge. I've actually known Nicole and been following her for a few years now. So Nicole, let's start off um, a little bit about yourself, maybe your age, location, and uh, some show history. Yeah, so my name is Nicole Ferrier. I'm originally from Cleveland, Ohio, but I relocated to Tampa, Florida. I've been here for about a year and a half. I am a NPC bikini competitor. I've only competed with the NPC. And this sounds bad, but I've lost count of how many shows I've done. I think I've done 18 or 19 NPC shows with my first competition being in 2015. Yeah, I was going to say the NPC website shows your history goes back to 2015. So you've got a lot of pictures here. <laughs> yeah, the beginning's a little bit rough too. <laughs> Don't we all start somewhere? <laughs> Definitely. And so you uh, are a coach. So what's what kind of education, like certifications or anything like that that you have under your belt? Yeah, I have a bachelor's degree in exercise science and I uh, minored in nutrition and uh, business management. And I own my own company, just Nicole Ferrier Fitness. I do online fitness coaching. Majority of my clients are actually lifestyle clients. So although I'm a competitor, I work a lot with the um, people who are just wanting to reverse diet or build up their metabolism or even taking them through fat loss phases. So I prep a lot of women for their wedding or post baby. Um, and I work primarily with women. So that's what I do. It's my full-time job. I, I love it. I got my CPT at 20 and I did in-person training, but my goal was always to be online. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So you got clients all over America. Yeah. I actually have some overseas too. I have a few in London and I've worked with people in like Germany and Australia, which is cool. That's super fun. 
and uh, with competing too, um, how many clients do you have roughly for prep? For prep, I'll only take on about 10 people at a time and then the rest are lifestyle. Okay, cool. Are you able, have you like prepped anyone and you were able to go to their show and? Yeah, I've had um, a few clients that I've prepped and taken them all the way to the show. I've gotten a few uh, nationally qualified and I actually competed at a national show with one of my clients at the same time, which was a fun experience because I was able to see her have so much success early on. And then I was like, let's just go to nationals and give it a go. Yeah, that's really cool. So what's it like being backstage? Are you backstage with your client? Like how does that process work? Like what do you do with your clients? Going into show day, I have um, more communication with my clients. So I will be texting them on a daily basis and we'll do phone calls. Um, even when my clients are competing, like let's say I'm here in Tampa and they're there in let's say Pennsylvania competing. I just had a client there compete. We will um, call each other and have communication throughout the show on what's going on. So like the morning of, um, after prejudging, because Paige, you and I know that prejudging really determines what you should be doing for finals. And uh, I just try to support them every step of the way. I've never been backstage with a client, um, but I also try to prepare my clients as much as possible to where they don't feel like they need me back there with them. Okay. And uh, do you do like the pictures all throughout the day and everything, checking on the client and then kind of feed them throughout the day? As we get closer. So as we get closer, we'll take um, more of like spaced out throughout the day. But like weeks before, we'll just take weekly pictures. But peak weeks where we're doing pictures like every single day. Um, and then sometimes even after workouts to see how their muscles are filling up after a lift. Well, on that subject, I'm curious to hear, um, you, is it mostly bikini girls that you work with? Mm -hmm. um, so how does, what does our uh, workouts look like, like on peak week? So with peak week, it depends on where the client is at. If they are in conditioning, so basically in shape, they're lean enough, uh, we will work out pretty hard until about Wednesday, and then I'll taper off intensity with their last leg day being Wednesday. Because with bikini, we want their hamstrings to pop, you want their glutes to be nice and full, and you also don't want to be in pain when you're posing. Uh, bikini poses can be really uncomfortable in the lower back and your glutes. Um, so I want them to be able to pop their muscles appropriately. And then I'll also lay off on things like shoulders too. Uh, it just depends on the client though. Like some clients, maybe they could come in a bit leaner, then we will train a bit more intense leading up into show day. And then others, they could use a bit of a deload week and then also feeding them with carbohydrates. Okay, that sounds like a good plan because I, I know, especially with the legs, you just don't want them to really hold water or anything. Mm -hmm. And with bikini, like you definitely want to keep a nice full look to the glute, but then not like overdo it with the legs. Yeah. I think so many bikini competitors are like, I want my glutes to look round. I want them to look nice and full on stage. So they think overtrain, let's hit them really hard. And even when I first started competing in my own peak weeks, I would still train and I would do too much volume. And then I wondered why I felt so like miserable on show day because I was sore and inflamed from all the extra pushing that I was doing. And I mean, I would assume you have your girls do some like sort of pump up in the back with some bands. Any, do they do anything to like pump up the legs before stage? 
Not really. I will suggest a hamstring movement, but I really don't think that you can get too much of a glute pump. And most of the time you're wearing heels. So I don't want them doing like lunges and even squatting with heels on because you're so much on your toes. Like it's just mostly going to be quad at that point. So I will have them do a stiff legged deadlift with a band. So like wrap the band down under the heels and really concentrate on the glute squeeze and the stretch and contraction of their hamstring. But I'm trying to pump up their uh, upper body, like their shoulders, and then even core. So I'll have them do like a plank hold to help tighten up the core and get even abdominals to pop a little bit too. That's really cool. Yeah, those are the things like even when I compete, you know, I'm no one really thinks about the proper pump up for stage sometimes. I mean, mm-hmm. that's why it's good to have a coach if they should be telling you that. But I know for some girls, like, I mean, coaches I've had in the past never really gave me a uh, pump up protocol. So mm-hmm. like, yeah, that's really good information. I've never had a protocol myself, but I know as a competitor, like what will get you pumped up. And like, I've literally been in their shoes before. So like talking about like wearing the heels, being in a bikini, like, the most it's going to be a little uncomfortable to do squats you know what i mean so like we need to like find a way to make you comfortable while you're able to pump up um even things like push-ups like push-ups when most of my girls maybe they have implants or they they're in like a bikini top like that can be really uncomfortable to do so we have to think about what it's going to be like in their shoes and how we can prepare them for that stage mm-hmm. That's great. Um, and you were also kind of talking about some posing. And I know that you also do some uh, FaceTime posing, I believe. So yeah. So what's, what do you look for in, in a new beginner when it comes to bikini posing? Like, I know, like, I'm in figure now. So like, I've done bikini, I know what to look for. But what's like a common mistake you see beginners do right away with posing? Yeah, I see um, too much arm movement. And then I also see the wrong way on how they're squaring up their hips. So they'll either be facing the judges front on, which that's just not a very flattering look for a bikini competitor. Um, And you also risk just making yourself looking wide if you just face the judges face on. So really learning how to twist the lower half while also twisting the upper half so you can face the judges. A lot of women struggle with that because they don't have the flexibility in their lower back. So even doing some stretching there can be helpful. But also the speed, like so many bikini competitors, like we're told we get like 10 seconds. So I see them like rush out there and they're moving so fast and they they aren't taking their time on their posing and then that looks like they're nervous it's just not the right way to demonstrate the physique Mm -hmm. yeah you're right about the arm movement for sure especially when you're nervous because then they start kind of uh kind of flailing around a little bit and you're just like whoa girl calm down (laughs) you're doing too much and it's so helpful to record yourself um looking at yourself posing in the mirror but then also practicing without a mirror because when you're on stage you're not going to have your reflection coming back at you so recording i think is super helpful because you're able to kind of see like oh i'm doing too much or maybe i can work on my expressions a bit more here Mm -hmm. yeah i was bringing up your pictures too because like I know you had just said the posing from the front and Mm -hmm. I see here like this is probably from your national show from 2019 and then your very first show and just like that posing difference so the people on YouTube can kind of get a visual of what you were talking about. So that's what you're, you're kind of saying that a little pivot of the hips 
Mm -hmm. And then also like with bikini, posing has evolved. So that pose that I was doing in 2015, it still wasn't an awesome pose, but I was trying to do a stallion pose at the time, which was really popular on stage 2015 and 16. But then as the sports evolved, we see um, Angelica, Miss Bikini Olympia, she did the side pose. And then I swear to you, 2017, every single girl was doing the side pose and that front pose you just hardly ever see. Yeah, no, you're right. Cause I seen, it almost looked like you were doing a figure pose too down here, or at least it looks similar to one. But to be honest, I think I've might've seen that too. You know, and you're talking about posing evolving too. I know I just watched a New York pro and a lot of bikini girls, uh, even North Americans, they're starting to do Issa's posing from the Olympia where she had more of like a straight stance with her legs uh, more far apart and her mm -hmm. hand on a hip for the front. You're, pose. you're seeing some more like double hands on hips, um, like kind of uh, to the angle, like the side, kind of like a figure girl, but more like squared up. You're seeing more of that. Um, you're seeing more of like, like a flow when they turn. I've seen some girls like completely spin into their front pose or like, I don't know. It's just really cool to see how posing has changed. And that's why it's important to not just do your favorite bikini competitors posing routine because it might not look good on you. And you also might not be able to move that way because for example, the hip that I'm able to pop and have a good shape to my physique I can't really do my other side and look the same. So you need to kind of stick to the side that you're good at. Yeah, it is hard to find that right side because um, especially what we were talking about the hips and your twisting, I feel like, I don't know if it's for every girl, but just like one side of the oblique seems to be able to twist a little more than the other. Mm -hmm. Plus you're trying to hold in. And by that point, you know, that's why I think practicing vacuums is good too. Do you do, you do that for yourself? Yeah, I do that for myself and I also do that with my clients. I know in 2019, I had a really hard prep where my digestion got really messed up. So I had to focus on doing stomach vacuums to help hold my core in. Um, I just had like IBS, which was making like getting conditioned really hard, but that was just due to like years of prepping. Mm -hmm. Yeah, and then to go with that, like your show history. Um, so you've been competing since 2015, and it looks like you've probably done a variety of like uh, East Coast shows. Is there like any shows that really you like highlighted that you had a, like an amazing time at, or like mm -hmm. just key points like that? I liked um, Junior USA's in 2015. That was my first national show. I took seventh there, but I just liked the atmosphere. Mm -hmm. Really, really well run, lots of space. I liked the um, respect that all the people backstage had for the athletes. So that was kind of a cool experience. And then also like the Arnold, like the Arnold 2017 was such a good experience that was a really hard show for me too like i worked my butt off and my body wasn't being super responsive and then within two weeks like i dropped seven pounds and got conditioned and placed top 10 and so that was super cool yeah i was gonna say i think it says here you got seventh that's like super awesome for your first arnold and that's yeah. a it's a huge stage too i've heard uh good experiences about that show like backstage is like they treat you like so nice Oh yeah, 
That's fantastic. And then um, I've seen you post some videos of that too. Like, so did they like film your routine? Cause it looked like a really nice video. It was actually my coach at the time. So they filmed that and they did such a good job. Like I was like, they should have done that with every single athlete because that stage is just so prestigious and it's so beautiful in the background. I was like, dang, like I feel so lucky to have that video. Cause like, again, it was such a good experience. I competed that day. And when I stepped off stage, I was like, yeah, I did not make top 10. Like all these girls look way better than me. And then when they announced that and I was able to walk on the expo stage like I was just I was just happy to be there <laughs> no that's like real cool I mean very cool I like the Arnold a lot and like that's that's pretty close for you so that's almost like a hometown win almost yeah at the time it was super close and now like living in Tampa and seeing the Tampa Pro down here like now that's a show that I just like want to do super good at <laughs> yeah yeah and I've heard that Tim Gardner has like does fantastic shows have you done any shows yet in Florida I have but I haven't done any with um Tim mm -hmm. Gardner I've I know for 2021 I'm going to look for one of his shows to do because they are um they're really well done yes yeah go ahead <laughs> I had someone ringing my doorbell, so she started to get freaked uh, out. Probably. <laughs> Hope is so cute. The worst timing. <laughs> it's okay. It's okay. Which, um, you know, since we're talking about shows a little bit, what are your, what was your feedback from like your most recent show then? So 2019, um, my feedback sucked because it was all about my tan. They were like, your tan's not dark enough. You need to be darker on stage. And this was the first time that I did my own tan through Pro Tan. So I didn't understand, like, I saw all these other competitors use it. Like my coach at the time was like, you should definitely use Pro Tan. Like everybody's using it. And I did, but I'm so white that they didn't have like a super dark formula. And I wasn't able to get that color that they wanted. And when I competed, I ran into the head judge at my hotel and he was like you looked great up there but you need a tan and I took second place and I felt so bad because I'm like the tan is like the dumbest critique like anything else I would have taken but like especially since I did it like I just felt really bad because I knew that I could have made that better yeah and it's hard because I know like that's a good way to you know save some money especially if you're going to try to do like more than one show a year because like I mean I'm seeing more and more people do their own tan, but yeah, now you're seeing like the whole tanning situation. Cause it's not just you actually, like even um, with bodybuilding in the men's open, Ian Valier just competed at the, he did the Tampa pro and they said his tan was awful, which it was. And it just didn't look good at all. And then uh, his tan was a little bit better for the New York pro, but it still wasn't like, still just wasn't dark and it's the same problem like that you have like he's from Canada so he's really pale and yeah. it's like I don't know if like what if I know they say like Dave Palumbo always says you should try to like tan in a tanning bed but like not everybody wants to do that so mm -hmm. it's like and I know for like myself like I wouldn't mind tanning in a tanning bed but I also did that a lot in high school so like now I'm not wanting to do that as much uh, and like cancer runs in my family. So like, I'm not trying to make myself more prone to that. Mm -hmm. Yes. Yeah, so that seems like a, 
a common thing now and I just don't really know what the fix is yet for that for people if like yeah. you have to do more coats or I honestly think like if judging criteria could change like the one thing that I think should change is the tanning like being so strict on it because everybody's different everybody has different undertones and pH levels like and I know if I were a judge and saw someone's tan maybe messed up like in certain areas like for women sometimes it's the chest um by your armpit areas like if I saw it a little bit messed up like I don't think that I would mark a, a person down like it's not their fault no i think they just do it as a as a way like especially for bikini um it does come down to that like that beauty pageant parlor mm -hmm. part where it's like how's your like all these girls look good but now we're going to go look at their hair and their makeup because i mean it's even so you're a blonde and i'm starting to hear girls in bikini say they didn't place well because they have blonde hair yeah and i even like debated like dyeing my hair darker but then i'm like i love my blonde hair like i I'm going to stay a blonde and if that's the reason why I don't place then I'm not I'm not about to change my whole body just for sport and yeah. I know that sounds kind of funny because it is bodybuilding but like my blonde hair is like part of my identity so like I'm gonna stick with that and I think a lot of other women feel like they need to get like implants and I do have breast implants but you don't need them to be successful like I've wanted them before I ever competed I was a gymnast growing up so I've always had like nothing and it was something that I wanted to do long before competing, but I also think a lot of women get implants and then they think, well, now I'm going to do really well. I got implants 2019 and it was not my best year of competing, 2018 was. Yeah, yeah, the year before. And um, yeah, and I, I know you have to kind of like buy a few new things and like get a whole new suit and like, and if your upper body doesn't, like if you're not already big upper body, then you're gonna probably have to do some more work so that the boobs mm -hmm. will match. Yeah, and you can also, like recovery with a breast augmentation, like it's not super fun. Like I still can't train chest, I still can't do pull-ups. And I know some women, like especially like figure girls, like that's not something that a lot of them would sacrifice because that's what's really going to give you that full upper body. Mm -hmm. right I've also seen the part where I feel like the lower body won't match either and then you just kind of like look super top heavy and in bikini like you don't you don't want that you know so yeah there's a lot with that and um so yeah posing who do you uh, work with right now coaching wise I work with um Adam Atkinson from See You Later Leaner because he focuses a lot on hormonal health and that's what I needed help with. So what happened in 2019 was just my body was burnt out. I didn't want to give up. Like I wanted to keep going. I wanted to do well, but I couldn't ignore my body. And like I got to the point where I got the flu, like in summertime, got really sick uh hair was like falling out and i was like this is not normal this has never happened before and come to find out like my my cortisol is through the roof and i took blood work months after like seven months after my cortisol is incredibly elevated and my estrogen is really high too which explains some of the digestion issues that i was having and then also the issues with weight gain and the ability to lose weight so for example when i started my reverse diet i was at like 1500 calories putting on weight so fast and it just didn't make any sense 
But even when I was trying to prep in 2019, I couldn't get lean despite how hard I was pushing. And that's the whole like calorie deficit thing. Like it just didn't work with this because the hormones are off. Yes. And I'm starting to see that myself with a lot of females. It's becoming, I think more and more people are talking about it. So more and more people are aware, like the whole, how's your gut, like you were saying, or like, Mm -hmm. um, the, sorry, my work's like bothering me at the moment. <laughs> Let me pause this or not the recording, but the time. Okay. There we go. Um, so yeah, like the hormonal health. And I know you've talked a lot about like birth controls and periods and stuff like that. Like, um, I don't know if mm-hmm. you mind saying, but are you on or off of a birth control? I'm off of, off of birth control. I've been on it before and I've tried a few different pills. I actually don't remember the brands off the top of my head, but the reason why I came off the pill was for just side effects I had. And it wasn't anything to do with weight gain. It was just more so I was dealing with depression when I was on the pill and had like, like even like suicidal thoughts. And I never think about that stuff. But when I was on the pill, like I was freaked out because I never thought about that. That's actually a side effect on the pill is depression, anxiety, and even to have those sort of dark thoughts. And it just wasn't worth it to me to have myself on the pill. And I was in college at the time, so I just eliminated the pill. Um, I also know the ability for you to put on muscle while being on birth control is a little bit lower because testosterone can be on the lower end too. And then you're also not able to keep track of your natural cycles. So if something like having children is important to you, you need to kind of understand like when your period's coming back and when it's not there. So for myself, I actually came off too, so I can keep track of my um, cycles. And if I'm at a healthy enough weight and like my own personal hormones are in alignment to where I can have a natural cycle, I've lost my period you know, every single year that I've prepped, but I also feel awesome because I've been able to regain it. And I'm thankful for that. that I'm able to regain it. Um, usually within three months post-show. That's really good. Three months after, cause I know when I lost mine, it was like a year, 18 months. And mm-hmm. that was a long time, but that was the first time it ever happened to me. So I feel like that's great for you. Cause now you're taking, probably taking notes and like really learning, like as it goes on, when my, like, body starts to respond because like with your podcast it actually helped me decide that I came off too and Mm -hmm. I remember like I just feel so much better now I feel like I'm a little bit more in control of how my body is naturally like Mm -hmm. I don't feel like I'm forcing anything and like less pills the better yeah and I think that it's interesting when you look at birth control as basically a steroid in a way it's a steroid for females but it's just female hormones it's usually a mix of estrogen and progesterone because they can't make progesterone in a lab because that's naturally occurring so it's progesterone and it's in your body and it's literally just like a steroid with a bunch of negative side effects and I think some women, like if you're on it just for birth control, like know that you have other options out there. You have the copper IUD, you have, you know, other ways of planning depending on what your relationship looks like. So you don't feel like you have to be married to the pill. Right. Yeah, I agree. And when you're getting ready for a show, I mean, I just, I feel like there's already so many things going on and like just more, less is better in my opinion. Mm Mm-hmm. That's good though that you, and I'm sure you talk to your clients about that too and let them make that decision. And do you have- Yeah, absolutely. 
It's a conversation that you should have with your doctor and you should also be asking them uncomfortable questions too. Like, why do you want me to be on this pill to get my cycle back? Is that really a real cycle? Like if they're, if they're blatantly kind of like lying to you, like it's just not in your best interest. And I want to be working with a doctor that completely understands my goals too. Great. I, w I had that situation with Accutane. I never took it before, but when I was having a really bad acne, um, during quarantine, I, I think it was more because I didn't have a period at the time. And it was like, I wanted to like work with a doctor and my coach together to fix this, which my coach was already helping me, but the doctor I had to get, um, I saw someone new and right away he was like, what about Accutane? And I was just like, what, what are my other options? Like, why are you trying to force, like, uh, I know how harsh Accutane is. It's like, mm -hmm. they like want you to like, cause I was like, I'm not taking a birth control. They were like, well, if you take Accutane then you have to get like a pregnancy test, like once a month or something like that. And I'm like, that's just, that's just crazy to me. Like I want to naturally get rid of yeah. acne. And I think Accutane can cause like a liver damage or something like again, <laughs> just casually. <laughs> It's like, I'm, I mean, just like, I know it works, but it's so potent and it's like, yeah. why I wish more people would understand that maybe it's better to, even though I took the longer route to fix acne, that it ended up working out better and my body feels better. Cause you, you just can't force it. You gotta have like learn your body and let it go through it's like it cycles. Mm -hmm. And now you're not reliant on a pill. Right. Less is better. <laughs> So back to shows, I was curious, like for, uh, again, with new bikini girls, um, what's a first show must, some advice, something that you're like, something that you learned? A first show, well, my first few shows, I didn't hire a coach. So hire a coach and interview your coach before you hire them. So don't just hire someone because they're known at your gym or they prep people and they're local to you. There's so many coaches out there and you can hire online. You can hire someone who feels like they're just like you and you can really relate to and interview them. Like if this person isn't willing to hop on the phone with you, like, do you really think they're going to give you the time of day and prep? Probably not. So hire a coach. I know that it's an investment, but you're going to be well, well off hiring someone that can really walk you into show day and all those questions that you're going to have like you're going to have someone to answer them for you and then the second thing would be invest in a really nice suit okay don't try to save money and get the suit that doesn't have a lot of bling on it you can get a really nice suit and if you're looking to compete for years on end like you can reuse that suit so find a really nice color that flatters you that's also doing well on stage i'd say like purples uh, emerald greens and blues are all really good to go red's a little bit iffy with the skin tone thing some people like red does not look good on uh yellow i wouldn't really go for and then even black suits are not for everyone so stick with purple green blue perfect suits um and then invest in one that you know you're going to love and wear for years mm -hmm. Yeah, I definitely agree. And um, I've, I've seen with your history, you've had all kinds of suit colors. Is there one that you kind of are looking back and thinking, oh, that one worked better than this one? Yeah, I, I'm so indecisive with suits. 
Plus, I'm very grateful that I can work with angel competition bikinis. And there's, they're evolving all the time. They're so unique with their stones and how they piece suits together. So I always like to play around with different colors. But my favorite suit that I've worn was probably the green emerald one, the, the lucky suit. They actually named it the lucky suit. And then um, my black suit, which was really cool. It's just different. I, I would like to do maybe black again or a darker blue, but I've really done like every single color. <laughs> yeah, I was gonna say, cause your Arnold one is very different. It was um, that like the purpley color. So here's you and your, your black. Um, which I like it. It complements your, your hair color. Um, cause I know you said not everyone can pull that one off, but I really like the black on you. Um, and it's very sim simplistic. The Arnold one was, um, like a reddish and there's actually some pink stones on there, which when you look at the suit close up, it's like, you don't think it would look good, but on that stage, it looked really nice. And that also like depends the suit that you should choose is look at the backdrops of the stage and you can see like what will clash. I believe like um, Vegas at, at nationals, like that background is I think a red background. So I see some girls do like a red suit and you just like blend into the background. Like if you did blue, you would really pop. Yeah, even your, uh, your, your, your uh, sorry, your, well, I can't even spit it out. <laughs> the <laughs> national show in uh, Jersey. There we go. Uh, mm -hmm. You, the blue really complemented off that black uh, drop. So, mm -hmm. and that was a last minute decision because I had a darker suit, like a navy one. And I think if I did that one, it wouldn't make me pop as much. Mm hmm. Yeah, I think you, because you started with blue too. So it's almost like you're you're drawn to the blue colors. <laughs> Basically, I mean, when you look at like even my whole Instagram, it's like blue, 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 but like they're different tones. Um, I could see myself doing more of like a dark royal blue. I feel like I've done a lot of light blues, like mints. Mm -hmm. And I think a dark blue could be a nice shift. But yep. a lot of people told me do the black because not too many people can do that one. Yeah, no, you did uh, really pull that one off. Although the the backdrop might have been the only thing that didn't help it as much. But like you look good with the suit. But you're right. If you kind of have to like look at what's going on in the background, which to be honest, looking thinking about Tampa shows, I think they usually have a a nice like red background or something. Yeah, like red or blue, something very. Mm -hmm. out there <laughs> yeah <laughs> tropical sometimes um you were also talking about coaches and hiring a coach and I, I actually did have a viewer that wanted to ask uh are there what signs should you look for in a bad coach or mm -hmm. something good too that you could see in a coach yeah so I've been in the sport for years and it is unfortunate that I haven't been able to stick with one coach throughout all those years but that's because I just felt like they weren't working with me in my best interest. So number one's communication. I've fired coaches for poor communication if they're not going to um, answer my messages, if they're not going to read everything that I have to say. You know, I've sent paragraph, two paragraph long emails and gotten two sentences back. And I don't wanna feel like I'm not a priority. 
um, especially if you're paying someone. And I also know as a coach, like I know the service that I can give. So if I can't work with someone that can kind of give a similar service or in the same amount of effort, like I know that they can do better, if that makes sense. Um, someone whose like morals don't align with mine too. So like I never want drugs to be pushed onto me. I don't think that's appropriate. I'm not against PED use, but I also think the athlete should bring that up to the coach and the coach shouldn't just prescribe the athlete PEDs. Um, I think that's like the main thing is just communication. When you think of like any relationship in general, though, like most relationships fail because of poor communication. So if the coach isn't going to communicate with me, then I'm going to have issues. And I never think that you should price shop. Like, of course, everybody has a budget, but just because someone charges 50 bucks a month, like doesn't mean that you should probably go with them. Right. Yes. And I think definitely ask about education. Like, I know yes. from following you for a long time, like you always give good information and for you to give out so much free information, think about what you can do for somebody mm -hmm. individually. Look so. at their content. Like, do they have a podcast? Do they have um, good informative information? Because a coach that loves what they do will teach and educate you for free. If this person only posts about their body or their abs or their butt, and they don't really have anything to offer outside of just how they look, like, do you really think they're going to be a good coach? Like, what are they going to teach you? Like how to take a good selfie? Like you have to really think about who you're hiring and don't just go off of IFBB Pro because although that is a prestigious title to achieve, that's not education. And it's just like having a really good basketball player. Like they could be a great player, but they could be a, a bad coach. Mm -hmm. No, you're definitely right with that one because I know a lot of coaches who maybe they compete, but I think um, their knowledge and their passion to help other people overrides that. So just because they never made it as a pro doesn't mean like they can't oh, yeah. go on the pro. Or even like I've, I know of, um, for example, like Lauren Conlon down here in Tampa, like she's been pro for years and in the pro circuit, does she do amazing? Not really. And she's even said it herself but she's a great coach and she's there for her clients. She has education and, you know, just because she's not winning titles doesn't mean that she's a bad coach. And let's be honest, anybody on a pro stage has a great physique. Exactly. And I know I just recently like told people this on my Instagram, but uh, the pros look the way they do because they've put in the work or they just have amazing genetics. So like try not to compare all of the time and once you hit that pro stage that's a whole nother level mm -hmm. wow. and you never see people like that in person like when you're at a gym majority of the people are not in crazy conditioning like that so like you know if someone's achieved that level like they are elite and i also know like when i get into conditioning like it can be addictive because you do get a lot of like positive reinforcement and reinforcement and comments and Although, you know, the physique that I have is, is great, it's also not attainable for the long term, but you do stick out. And I think that's also why a lot of competitors get hooked to the stage because they get all that, that feedback on their body and they're like, oh my gosh, I look amazing. Like I, I have to always look like this, but that's not the reality either. Yes, I agree. I know um, that's a, a thing with uh, first time competitors too. It's like, um, you know, I think you'll do great at your show, but just think about the reverse out. So then you get some people that, that suffer from that, like post-show blues, 
and mm -hmm. uh, the attention's not as much or like the hype. And I, it's like, it depends person to person. I feel like we all, if you compete, you kind of all have to go through it so that you can learn from it. Mm -hmm. And it, it can be frustrating too, like with me being on social media and being a coach, like I almost felt like taking over a year off that like people were going to lose interest in me. But I also know that my worth is more than just being a competitor and that this year in particular, I've really been pushing out a lot of education-based content to show people like, you know, I will post my show stuff here and there, but I'm not just going to post like stage lean throwbacks all the time. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I, I really like that about you that you, you are like that because um, we're both in our off season and I've seen that you post like the reality of it. It's like, hey, like, I'm not stage lean um, and I have improvements to make. So I have to put on a healthy amount of body fat and you've been mm -hmm. transparent because a lot of people, they just, they won't show that side at all. It's almost like they're too embarrassed or, you know, like you said, you want to keep your Instagram following strong. So, and, and it's part of your job too. So mm -hmm. body fat's not a bad thing. I think so many people are scared of body fat. If you're a female, you're missing your period, body fat's your friend. If you know that you aren't in the healthiest place, you might need some body fat on you. It's not a bad thing. No, not at all. And plus the improvements needed, it's very important to have that, to build the muscle. You got to mm -hmm. eat, you know, and yeah. you'll, you'll thank yourself later, <laughs> right? For sure. Yes. Like, and bikini competitors, like they have muscle. Like so many people are like, oh, like they don't have that much muscle. No, these girls are jacked. Like they, I... I mean, I feel like bikini competitors now are like figure competitors just like 10 years ago in a way, just different posing. And these girls have a lot of muscle and you have to put on size. You have to gain muscle in order to look that way. So I'm just excited to see what all this time is going to do off because I feel like I've, I did really well and then I started to regress. So then I'm like, well, damn, I need to beat that. So now I'm going to really just put in the time and build and show people what taking time off can do for you. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I agree. It's like, um, you kind of learn as you go, but you all, we always need that one time or that, um, whoop, I might've lost you up oh, in my back. <laughs> yeah. We were frozen for a bit. We froze. Yeah. I think my internet decided to skip there for a second, but yeah, the off season is super important and just, everybody everyone's off season is going to be different and we're all going to look a little different so like mm -hmm. i've learned that and i'm also think my body got used to eating better um sticking to a consistent clean diet in my off season so mm -hmm. uh, that was always really important and doing the whole like coming from like a mental health aspect like i really do get frustrated when i see competitors just packing their bags full of treats after and it seems like they're going on like an overeating fest for like a week after. And that's just, it's unhealthy. And are you competing for the sport? Or are you competing for the food? Like if you're competing for the food, you might have a distorted relationship with food that you need to work on. And, you know, we have hormones that get messed up, like our leptin and you could eat a meal and not, not feel full after, but you have to be in tune with that. And you have to not set yourself up for failure by, getting all these treats like 
have a treat here and there, but still listen to your fullness cues and understand that the food's always going to be there. So you don't have to get it all in all the time. Mm -hmm. Right. And again, working with a coach, have a coach understand you, have them uh, feed you a variety of foods, find what works for you. I know I've had mm -hmm. a coach in the past. I just felt like I was so restricted and it was a lot of the chicken and rice bro diet stuff where now I get all kinds of food. It typically changes like once a month. I feel like it helps like decrease any cravings that I have. I just feel like a overall happier person. So I'm sure you're like that as well with your coaching style. Um, so yeah, I mean, we're getting close to an hour, so I guess I'll go ahead and start to round this off. Um, so you're already talking about your future plans. So you're thinking about 2021 working with your coach and any, any show date in mind, or are you just going to see how everything pans out? I'm thinking about starting prep in January and then possibly going to North Americans and we'll see. We'll, I want to hit the national circuit. Like I need to just see how I feel, how my body's responding. And I also don't want to step on stage unless I feel like I'm going to win because I think that it's gotten so competitive now. My first goal is to win an overall because I've never won one in all my years, like, which makes me laugh, but I've won my class. I just never have won an overall. And I joke with myself that I'm always the top three. I'm always the top three, but I'm never like the actual winner. And I want to win an overall. Mm -hmm. Yeah, that goal, that's a good goal to have. And then I know you've already done national shows, but you see a lot of people now saying like, win the overall. And then you'll know like you're, pro worthy almost or national yeah, worthy top two gets you qualified but now I feel like unless you win an overall like you're still still crossing your fingers yeah you're still kind of like second place <laughs> I mean it's the harsh truth I guess <laughs> yeah for sure and um and I know you have a boyfriend and he supports everything too right like that's yeah got a good he, support system he's so understanding um he was just talking about how my prep was really hard last year on me, but his friends are prepping, like one of his friends prepping for a physique show. And he's like, thank you so much for not being grumpy like him because I've done so many shows. So I'm able to really be in tune with like mood swings or even like energy drops. Like I'm very in tune with everything going on. And I think that that has helped our relationship a lot is I'm able to communicate like, Hey, I'm not feeling good today. Um, I'm really tired today. So just communicate that. And he's thought about competing, but he wants to wait until he's older because he needs to put on a lot of size and he knows that. Well, that's not a bad thing. I mean, I know you, you guys are both pretty young, right? 25? 25. Yeah. yeah. So yeah, he'll, for men too, like the whole muscle maturity thing, I'm sure that 30 to 35 will probably be a really good time to maybe start and he'll have some really good matured muscles by then also yeah and with his background of wrestling and dieting like he just needs time to put on muscle yeah yeah that's that's men for you right they're always wanting more muscle <laughs> um but yes so any where can people uh get a hold of you for coaching and any shout outs any sponsors you want to talk about too go ahead yeah, so I'll talk about my sponsors first. So I work with Bomar Nutrition. I am an athlete for them. 
and I have like utilized their products whenever I'm prepping. Um, I'm super excited to use their new Tropic going into this prep for 2021. So prep brain is a real thing that I struggle with and that's definitely helped me a lot. Uh, I work with Angel Competition Bikinis as well, and my code is just Nicole at checkout. They do in-suit consultations with you, so if you need help choosing your suit, they're there every step of the way. Amazing customer service. Um, for me, on where to find me for coaching, you can find my website. It's just NicoleFerryFitness.com, or you can find me on Instagram at NicoleFerryFitness, and my podcast is Beyond the Bikini Radio. Yes, and you are accepting new clients? Yes, I am accepting new clients. And if you're looking to prep in 2021, this is a time that you should be looking for a coach. Yes, I definitely agree. Get on that. Start a plan. Don't just start the new year and be like, I want to compete this year. Like, mm -hmm. give yourself don't, some time. Don't rush it. Plan it out and find someone that's going to be a good fit for you. Definitely. And what is your birthday? I want to know your sign. <laughs> 5, 13, 95. I'm a Taurus. Um, yes, very strong and probably hard headed a little bit too. <laughs> hard headed, loyal, super yes, loyal. Um, and very, I'm just very stubborn. <laughs> hey, that's why you want to win, right? That goes into your, it is. I'm a Taurus, Taurus and an Enneagram eight, which means I'm like super leader and stubborn. <laughs> hey, makes a good coach too. You're like, I'm the leader. Listen to what I got to say. <laughs> it does. And then I'm also touchy-feely too. So. <laughs> a little cuddly. <laughs> All right. Thank you so much for coming on. I'm sure I could talk to you forever because I know how knowledgeable you are and everything else under your belt. You've got a wealth of knowledge, like I said at the beginning. So thank you so much. Well, thank you for having me on. I really appreciate it. Of course. All right. Well, everyone, please follow Nicole. Her, you won't regret it. Her, her Instagram is full of awesome knowledge. So, all right, girl, thank you so much. And I will talk to you later. See ya. See ya. Bye. Hey guys, on the Beyond the Bikini podcast, you know, I talk a lot about training and nutrition. Trust me, it can be hard to hit the gym consistently, track your macros to a T and feel like you're making progress. So rather you're a newbie in the gym or someone who's been hitting the gym consistently but possibly hit a plateau, then I recommend you check out my one-on-one -on -one coaching. No, I do not only coach prep clients, but I coach lifestyle clients as well. I would love to hear more about your goals, so feel free to apply for my one-on-one -on -one coaching down below at the link. There we can discuss what you're wanting to accomplish in the gym with your relationship with food and how I can help you reach your goals.